HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curtain, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host, Sophie Schlesinger, is in the studio. Hi, everybody. Happy to be back. I know. It's been a little bit of a... Uh, we took a little bit of a break over the holidays. As uh, everyone in the cheese business knows, things just get crazy. Um, yeah. So we're really happy to be back on the air. Um, and we're going to start... Uh, kick off our 2014 uh, broadcasts with um, a show about uh, New Jersey family businesses and cheese in New Jersey. Yes. Um, now, uh, and we're going to have two guests. Our first guest is um, Bob Sickles who is the third-generation grocer and owner of Sickles Market. Sickles Market, um, since 1908, has been a favorite destination for the best produce, plants, gourmet foods, garden accessories, and gifts at the New Jersey Shore. Um, Bob, are you with us? I'm here, Ann. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We're really excited. My pleasure. Um, and then on uh, the second half of our show, we're going to be chatting with Andrea Carbine, who is the owner of... Uh, Atudar in Cranford, New Jersey, uh, 100 Step Social Club. So we're going to get sort of the restaurant cheese perspective from yeah. Andrea. And also kind of a cool thing about this show is this first segment with Bob. Um, he's a third generation grocer. It's kind of amazing, the history of his business. And then Andrea has kind of built this um, community of businesses in New Jersey that is brand new. So you'll get a, a cool little timeline of uh, Jersey food. Absolutely. Yeah. Bob, I was thinking back. So your, your business um, actually dates back to a, a land grant from 1663. Is that correct? Well, yeah, it was, it's actually 1665 and a land grant from King of England to my ancestors. So it was a farm since then, straight up until 1908. And my grandfather uh, 
you know, moved to the uh, where we are right now, and it's the original homestead, and started a farm. And then he and my dad um, started a farm market and then morphed into a garden center, and then I morphed it into a specialty food store. And I guess we're still changing, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I think um, I would love to, like, have a time, uh, like a time-lapse photography. I know. If, if such things had existed, so you could see the evolution of the land and the community from those early days till now. It would be just amazing and fascinating. Um, but so it's pretty interesting. Actually, we're, uh, the original homestead is still here, and the house is from 1721. Wow. And uh, we're in the process of actually, uh, we started a 501c3, and we're going to preserve it forever. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's uh, like a historical landmark. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool. And always farmers, you know, nobody famous here, just uh, farmers for like 10 generations. (laughs) That's the best. That's the best kind of people. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, Now, so walk us through the evolution of the store since you took over. Um, What was your relationship with the store growing up? How did you decide you wanted to get into the family business? and, And how did you kind of change the store during your tenure? Well, we, we really were a farm market and um, basic garden center as I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. I went to college for ornamental horticulture, actually. And uh, I started out as a grower growing in greenhouses. Of course, we had the farm market. And um, I love food, and my dad was farming like 200 acres at the time, so we always had the best, freshest produce. Um, but we were kind of plain eaters, and, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, my grandmother was English. I learned a lot from her. And my mom was a great cook, but I met some friends in the 80s uh, when I was, you know, running the farm market in the garden center that were really into food and cheese and uh, wine, and they taught me a lot. And, uh, you know, I'll be ever grateful for that. And it turned me towards, you know, as the store got bigger and matured, the the market, it turned me towards uh, going to a all-year-round market and uh, and incorporating specialty food. It honestly didn't really f- happen in full until 1998. So, I mean, honestly, the form I'm in now, I've only been that way since for 15 years. And um, so a lot of change quickly. Um, you know, obviously it developed a lot around here. There's not really a way you can farm 200 acres where I live anymore around here. Um, if you go further out in Monmouth County, you can. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with the store, the way it ended up. My daughter's in business with me now, so uh, hopefully another one or two will join as they um, get older, mature, and um, I just look forward to passing on a nice family business. I was going to say, where do you predict? I mean, you, we were talking about the evolution of your business and how much it's changed um, since the early days. Where would you predict or hope you know, this business would end up in its sixth generation? Well, I mean, uh, we have, you know, we're doing lots of uh, neat ideas. I mean, we have a burgeoning online store. We have a small tour business. Um, we have everything, really, food-wise. I'm, I'm only missing seafood, and I'm bound and determined to get that in here. And um, I, I always wanted to be maybe, you know, not, not honestly the biggest or the most stores. I just like to end up being really good at what I do, and I would like to see that continue on moving forward. I know growth and change is important. It's almost relentless, uh, but it's not like, you know, I have to have 50 stores or something like that. It's not that way. So, but if we, you know, we've, we've had changes recently that uh, have been very positive, and, um, you know, it's been a tough past five years, but, um, you know, we're still here, still pulling forward, and, um, 
you know, God willing, all those great ideas will continue to move forward. You know, that will be a business that is um, just bigger, better, and uh, sustainable. I think, you know, I think maybe that word's a little overused, but, you know, I really would love to have a very sustainable business for myself, my family, and my employees. I think sustainable is a is a wonderful goal. You know, my husband and I talk about this frequently because he has a meat business. And in the kind of uh-huh. businesses that we're in, we're not like tech startups where you can just uh, have a great idea, replicate the technology so that all of a sudden 4 million people are using right. it. And then you make a gazillion dollars because someone gives it to you because they think it's a great idea. You know, our businesses are a little bit more tied to just kind of, yeah, being... Uh, raw materials. Raw materials. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah. you know, selling those in an honest way and and, and wanting to make it work. And there, there are so many different moving parts. Um, well, that brings me to a different sort of set of questions, I guess. Um, so obviously, a, a part of any successful business is um, not just the, the brains and the owner behind it, but also the team behind it. Um, it seems yes. like you have a very talented team of employees and especially cheesemongers. Um, how, can you talk a little bit about how you attract, train, and retain these employees? Well, um, yes, uh, I have been interested in cheese for a long time. And even when I was an open-air market, I would have a refrigerated case that I would keep, not cheese that you cut to order, but, you know, goat cheese that was uh, available in packages and things like camemberts and stuff like that that I could carry because I, I was not allowed to cut them. So it's been a long time. I must say it's, it's you know, I'm kind of in what you call the suburbs, I envy uh, those that are in New York and have access to, you know, tons of people that are really food interested and passionate. And uh, but we have our fair share around here. At the present moment, we have an amazing cheese team, uh, which has been developed for over a year. And um, you know, just very passionate um, ladies. Uh, I have an older gentleman who's out of the uh, his chef restaurant business. And uh, he's working with us, and his his favorite cheese is Chewers. It's always one that he looks to sell. But, you know, amongst the rest of them, um, you know, they're all from just barely out of college to, you know, 35, 40 years old. Uh, I think you probably know one of them is Diana Pettit, and uh, who's been a cheesemonger with us for years and um, uh, pretty much an expert in cheddar and lots of other things, in particular spirits. But um, she did a little stint with Neil's Yard Dairy. And, uh, you know, I, I think what it is is cheese is a, um, it's a complex food. It's basically milk, salt, rennet, maybe a couple other things, but there's so many versions. So you really need those people that, you know, appreciate the differences, are able to explain them to uh, customers, and to be able to sell, sell them. I mean, it's fairly easy to sell, you know, sub $10 a pound cheese. It's a little more tricky to sell cheeses $30, $35, $40 a pound. And so you have to have people that know what they're talking about and, you know, customers that are interested in that. Um, so it's, it's, it's doable here in the suburbs, and, uh, but you, it's, uh, it's work. It's work to constantly uh, get and attract um, the people that, uh, uh, that you need to be able to do that. Um, and I think that, um, honestly, transition always happens. Um, I've had that happen here. And so it's, we're constantly out on the lookout for people that are like that. There are several other good cheese shops in the area. That helps. It helps to have, you know, other places around. Uh, raises the bar and attracts more people that want to do that kind of work. Um, the food world is definitely a place where you can 
find people that are interested, and then you know you can as as long as they're good at retail and good at sales, you can teach them a lot about cheese as as long as they like it. Exactly. I always say, I always tell the new cheesemongers at our counter, the most important, like, or the best way to learn about cheese is just by eating as much of it as you can. So (laughs) it's a pretty good good education. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Try everything. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, it's funny. I would actually, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about selling cheese in the suburbs versus the city. Um, I feel like sometimes there's a little bit of an oversaturation even um, in the city of different places where you can buy these goods. Um, and so I feel like there, in some ways there are probably some advantages to being in a suburban place because people everywhere love good food and want good food. Um, so I, I imagine you garner some pretty loyal customers yeah. once you, once you get them interested. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely loyal customers. I mean, when I go into the city, I just kind of look up, I see, you know, huge buildings, and I realize how many people are there, (laughs) and there's the advantage. But I also know, I also realize it must be incredible competition there. You really have to be on your game or have your, um, you know, for lack of a better term, the business model down of how you want to operate and how you want to be, and to attract, um, you know, part of the population there that, that's interested in what you, what you have. Um, for us here, you know, we have a fairly broad range of cheese. You know, I'm pretty big on not having too much because it needs to be good. We don't want to sell people stuff that's past its peak. And, um, you know, honestly, you know, we sell a fair amount of, uh, we have a great new mozzarella maker, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but we sell that and your basic cheddar and, you know, your other basic cheeses. Um, but we definitely have a great selection of great cheeses that, you know, a lot of people in the area and definitely supermarkets do not have, and the ability to explain them. So it's a winning combination. You know, our cheese department uh, continues to grow, and uh, I'm very proud of that. Now, how many different cheeses do you think you carry at any given time? We, we probably have, you know, we could have a low of maybe 125 up to maybe 200. Wow. And uh, that's, that's a lot of cheeses to have, like, 200. Um, so it's, it's, uh, something that we control. I mean, there's, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of cheeses, but you can get into trouble fast if you just have too many. Yeah. Uh, You have to have the sales to support it. And honestly, there's ones that are people's favorite, um, over the past year or so. And, you know, the team has really latched onto Beaufort. We've been selling a lot of Beaufort and, um, you know, that'll happen with different cheeses. I mean, a past cheesemonger of mine used to, you know, we were always interested in the next new thing, and you had to be careful that you didn't get too many. And then, of course, there's always what he would call our, you know, your good old friends, like Gogurt's <laughs> old Dolce, and it's like you go back and revisit it after a couple of months, and you're like, wow, that's really good. Right. <laughs> Gorgonzola Dolce is a good old friend. Yeah. I agree. That's a yeah. <laughs> that's a great way to say it. <laughs> what are some of yeah. your favorites? My favorite? Uh, I really love Pleasant Ridge Reserve. And yeah. uh, we recently had a Colmier from Connecticut. God, I don't even remember who, who made it. Um, but it And it was, it was not really, honestly, that well made. It almost fell apart. But it was just like unbelievably milky, smooth, fresh, good, unbelievable flavor. Um, and it, you know, it just wasn't, you could tell they didn't have it down pat kind of how to make it. And it just almost didn't really matter. Um, you know, in the summer, I really, I ate a lot of fresh ricotta, fresh mozzarella. Um, the new mozzarella maker we have, he's, he is 
he's just great, and uh, he's got a passion. It's almost only what he does, and he makes some very good versions with a little nice pesto or a little red pepper, um, and he even does some, you know, sh- uh, you know, kitschy things. You know, for the recent football season, he'll make a big three and a half pounder and uh, lay prosciutto over top of it. Looks just like a football. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the thing it this the year. Pigskin. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you too probably have your favorites, and yet, you know, as you know, a cheese lover, you're always willing and able to tr- try everything, and and honestly, end up liking everything. Um, you know, some highly assertive cheeses that perhaps other people might like a lot. Uh, I might be like, yeah, that's good. I appreciate it, but I don't know. Um, recently, just the other night, we had a Red Hawk that was just off the charts, mm. absolutely off the charts, and we were drinking really nice. Uh, Pinots and Shards from California was a special wine tasting. And I was out of a plus, so I bought the Red Hawk, and it was just like a perfect match for that Pinot. Absolutely delicious. So, you know, I mean, cheeses, it's like... uh, Hard to decide what your real favorite is. <laughs> yeah, it, it changes every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> well, um, so I know uh, we just have a, a few minutes left, but um, what kinds of special events and um, sort of tastings and things like that do you guys do at Sickles Market throughout the year? Well, we just start, restarted doing uh, cheese classes, and we did uh, one, um, Caitlin O'Neill, who's a cheesemonger here, she uh, led it, and it was basically Cheese 101. And uh, that went over really well. We have a and we have a series. We're going to do one a month, and then see how much longer we can continue that. Um, we use we have a greenhouse here because we're a garden center, so it's a really nice setting in the greenhouse at night. Uh, very pretty, and uh, and it's not as busy retail wise, so we can definitely do that now. Um, you know, other events that are cheese related. Um, we we have had contests in the past, like the Cheddar Challenge, where over three weekends. We'll have uh, customers try three cheddars a weekend and then vote and then have prizes for uh, people that participate. And we've done the Battle of the Blues and uh, a couple other things like that. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, kind of a kitschy thing. We got a mammoth cheddar back uh, at uh, during American Cheese Month, and uh, I think it was a 300-pounder. And then, you know, wow. cut. people just love <laughs> that's just, you know, it's sort of benign cheddar, but they just love to see big things and see them get cut. <laughs> in a 300-pound uh, chunk, though, that is impressive. Yeah. Yes, right. So it's, uh, they make them up to 1,000 pounds, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, cheese is a lot of fun. Uh, Caitlin, who's one of our mongers here, um, she has participated in the Cheese Monger Challenge, I think, and it's, associated, it's close by each food show. Uh, so she participated last uh, July in that one, and uh, she got a perfect score in salesmanship. Hey, and, uh, all right. She's a music student. It's very interesting. We talk about doing cheese and music pairings, and um, but she's just a very interesting person to talk to. She she just loves pairings, and she's only she's such a newbie. She's into cheese for not even three years yet, but her knowledge is amazing and. Um, you know, she was just a perfect addition for us here. Um, really knowledgeable. So um, there's other events that we do here um, that are not cheese-related. We do a lot of different type events. Um, uh, like this weekend, we have a travel expo coming up, and we'll have uh, 20 different travel providers uh, from the area because we have that small touring business ourselves. Mm-hmm. And they'll be in the greenhouse, and um, so... 
it's a way for us to use our greenhouse at that time of year when we're not so busy. Uh, we use it for charitable events also. Um, so we do a lot of different things here. You know, we know it's uh, incumbent upon us as a specialty independent to kind of do interesting things for customers and not just be your ordinary grocery store. That's it. Well, I cannot. I personally cannot wait to visit. Um, well, it looks like we are. Uh, we're almost out of time here. So I want our customers to be able to find you guys online, or our, our listeners, our customers, <laughs> listen to me. Um, yeah. So can you can you give us your website so people can find you guys on the web? Sure. It's www.sicklesmarket.com. Wonderful and, uh, and uh, pop right up. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk with us. And I, for one, have learned a lot about the market. I can't wait to stop by. Well, stop by anytime. Just let us know and uh, be happy to see you, Anne. And uh, thanks so much uh, for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. Change is coming around the bend. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit www.academy-mons.com That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E dash M-O-N-S dot com. Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. And we are back on Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, here with Sophie Schlesinger, my excellent co-host. Hello. <laughs> um, and we have with us on the line for the second segment of the show, Andrea Carbine. Um, Andrea, hello. hello. Thank you for Thanks being on for the show. On. Yeah. No problem. So Andrea is the owner and founder of Local Roots Cranford Community of Businesses, which includes now A Tudor, a uh, Hundred Steps Supper Club, Jack's Run Garden, um, and Local Roots Catering. Am I leaving anything out? Uh, our CSA program, the ATH Market Box. ATH Market Box. Sorry. And yeah. Is no, it true, no problem. Is it true, Andrea, that you are at this moment inside of your Hundred Steps Supper Club restaurant, um, serving drinks behind the bar? Well, I'm serving mocktails, so they're not cocktails. But, uh, yeah, we started our happy hour program, and uh, and I am the mixologist this evening. So <laughs> so I, I stepped away for a moment to a quieter corner. But, uh, yes, we are mixing up. We call them our mocktails. We do a not-so-dark-and-stormy, a no-hito, and a no-groany, because uh, we're in New Jersey, which means you have to bring your own booze. So. Oh. 
right. Yeah. Now, can people bring their own hard alcohol to mix in, or is it only beer and wine? I believe the state, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, sort of looks more towards wine and beer. But, uh, you know, a lot of sushi places do the bottle of sake behind the bar, and, you know, we look the other way if you want to put whatever you want to put into your drink. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that would be pretty unconventional, showing up with, like, you know, just a fifth of whiskey instead of a bottle of wine. (laughs) People people are very discreet. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so happy to have you on the show with us. So um, let's talk about 100 Steps because you just opened it. Um, so you've been, uh, so Atudor opened in 2007. Amazing yep. success. And now you've just opened your second venue. So what's that like? Well, 100 Steps, we call it a supper club in raw bar. It's a sort of tapas style, small plates, um, dinner restaurants. And we also have a beautiful little oyster bar that's right in the dining room that we do some amazing oysters and other raw bar items out of. We opened in December, um, and it's been going really, really well. I mean, the reception from our community and local area is fabulous. And, uh, you know, in New Jersey, it's hard because pretty much all the oyster bars are down the shore or in the city. So it's one of my husband and I's favorite things. We said, you know, we'll just build it ourselves. <laughs> I feel like and, that's your uh, philosophy for everything. Like your your collection of of businesses here is just prolific. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're having fun with it, and people are super supportive, and you know, it lets us do business the way we want to do business, which is you know, we source everything as local as we can for all of our businesses, which is why we built a little urban garden here that sources the restaurant, and why I met people like you up at the farmers market and. Uh, you know, it just lets us feel good about the way we run our businesses, which is how we like to do it. It's like a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. So. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the challenges and the rewards of having two places so close together? I mean, because they're very different styles of restaurants, um, but I imagine yeah. there are sort of challenges in doing that and then also benefits. Yeah, I mean, the the... To start on the good side of it, the huge benefits are, you know, having a second place. We had tons of talent in our kitchen over at Autuder, and it gave us, you know, pardon the pun, but the next step for a lot of them to take. You know, Kara, our executive chef, is super talented. She'd been with me for six and a half years at Autuder. She needed her next challenge, and this gives her a whole new kitchen to run, a new menu to work with, you know, new challenges every day. Um, her number two, Robin, runs Autuder's Kitchen for me now and is super talented in her own right. And this gives her, you know, we promoted her to Chef's Cuisine. That's a huge opportunity for her. She's doing a great job. Um, you know, so that's a lot of fun for us. That's a huge benefit of having two places now instead of one. We have more room to bring in new people on our teams. Um, you know, it also lets me, I'm, I'm very hands-on. I want to be present in our businesses every day. So, being 100 steps apart, you know, which is where he got the name, lets yeah. me run back and forth like crazy woman and, uh, you know, be at both spots. So, um, you know, like last night I started the service at 100 steps for happy hour, ran across around 6 o'clock, checked in with all the people over there, made sure everyone was having a good time, and then I came back over, you know, 100 steps, grabbed some dinner, checked in with all the crew here. We had a great late seat, and everybody seemed pretty happy to get out of the snow. You know, it was a nice night. It lets me do that in the businesses. If they were two towns over or something, I just couldn't do that. And um, so that's a huge benefit. Plus, it just expanded our network of what we can 
buy from and add to. I mean, we've worked with you guys for quite a while, and, uh, you know, we have a whole new cheese program here at 100 Steps, cheeses that we never brought in over at Achuder. Um, that's a lot of fun. You know, my farmers, we can buy twice as many carrots. You know, that's all <laughs> yeah. good stuff in our opinion. You you're know, so you're so amazing. You are so generous, Andrea. It's really cool to hear you talk about it because, you know, a, a, a thing that I was thinking about, and I'm sorry if I'm cutting you off before you're saying it, no, but no. it's obviously you had more demand than you could supply as well because Atudur yeah. is a beautiful restaurant, but it's very small. So, you know, certainly one of, I feel like one of the benefits for you guys has to be offering your loyal, dedicated customers sort of more opportunity to be with you guys and to sample different types of foods that you guys are, um, you know, passionate about. Yeah, it's a huge kick. You know, I mean, we have 12 tables at ATH when I started it. You know, my thing with Jim was my husband was, you know, I just wanted to get like 12 people in the door every night and it would make me happy. And it's been luckily really busy and it's fabulous, but it's pretty much all reservations now, which is a bummer because we have a lot of people that started from the very beginning with us that can't always plan ahead and do that. So the new spot, we've got walk-in seats, we've got more space to play with. So I'm seeing faces that I haven't seen in a while. You know, we're getting to see more of a lot of our regular clientele. That's all incredibly popular because they're people that are big cheerleaders for us and that, you know, make it a fun night and I enjoy being around. And that's why I got into this business in the first place. So that's a really positive thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. I think that's one of the great things about being where you are in New Jersey, too. You know, I had a, a chance um, about a year ago, actually, I think it was, to teach a class at Andrea's restaurant at ATH. And the people who showed up couldn't have been more excited in such a genuine way. I was, like, truly blown away by it. I've never experienced customers like that before so it was, it was a real treat and I think that's like testament to to where you are you know it's, it's a really special thing well thank you I appreciate that yeah people still talk about the classes the cheese classes with you guys they've had a great time and it's it's something my husband's in manufacturing that's his day job and it's funny because his comment that he always tells people when they ask him why did you get into the restaurant business is it's really, truly remarkable to be in the restaurant for a night. We have a huge base of regular customers who come once a week or twice a month or just on a very regular basis. And, you know, it's instant feedback. You're walking around that dining room. They're enjoying their meal. We've got great service. You know, we have a fun wait staff that really cares about being here. And that's just a lot of – it's just very rewarding. And to know that those are my neighbors and people from town and people from the local area – is just even nicer because it makes me feel like we made the right choice of where we are and, and what we're doing. Definitely, definitely. Well, so how about some of the challenges? I'm interested in this part too, just because, yeah. um, you know, having one successful business is already such an accomplishment and now having, you know, multiple successful businesses. So how, wh what are some of the things that are a little challenging about that? Well, it's, it's more paperwork, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which you have to make time for, which is a bummer because it means I have to juggle a little bit more. But, uh, you know, the business side of it, making sure everyone's, you know, everyone's paid, all the bills paid, all the vendors are happy, all the employees are happy, that's always a challenge. So, you know, and especially our way of doing stuff because I, you know, we don't have one big box company that comes drops off all my supplies. You know, we've got this network of like 50 farmers and our cheese person, our fishmonger and our meat guy. You know, so it's it's just a lot of, uh, you know, networking and juggling and making sure we get everybody what they need and 
get them in when we need them in and, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's a daily challenge, just the keeping all the balls in the air. Um, you know, and the rest of it is just making sure that we stay very true to what it is we wanted to do when we opened seven years ago at the first place. You know, I just don't ever want... We had one review like five years ago that was like, you know, they're too big for their britches and they forgot what they opened for. And that, that hurt more than anything anyone's ever said. So it's, it's something I keep in the back of my mind because it's the one thing I don't ever want to do. You know, I still have my hands on pretty much everything we do, which is a lot. But, <laughs> you know, I have really good people to help support me now. And that's, that's the hardest part for both me and my husband is just making sure that we keep our commitments, that we still work with the same people we want to work with, that we still source local, that we still make sure the product is really good, that we focus on hospitality, you know, that, you know, when we do our market boxes, that everything in it is really fresh and delicious, you know, that the gardens are cared for and tended to and and a a good part of the community and not an eyesore. You know, all those kind of things are something you have to keep up on every day. And that's just, you know, it means I get up a little earlier in the morning. (laughs) Which is already very early, Andrea. (laughs) I think on, like, Instagram or something, I see, like, your post of going to the Brooklyn Farmer's Market at, like, 7 in the morning every Saturday from New Jersey. And then, like, there'll be be photos of, like, dinner at, like, 10 p.m. It's just crazy. (laughs) I'm still young. I got some energy in me. So. <laughs> Fueled by lots of good produce. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, well. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about your passion for sourcing, because as you were indicating, you know, that takes so much time. How do you balance um, all the different items that you source? Um, who on your team helps you with different things? I know um, specifically for 100 Steps, you were talking about you have someone who's helping you with the raw bar. I would just love mm-hmm. to know how you how you balance all that. Well, I'm lucky that I have a crew, you know, my kitchen crews at both locations are very engaged. You know, they, they're working here at these two restaurants because they want to be a part of what it is we're trying to do. Um, and the head chefs at both spots, Robin and Kara, are both very invested in, in what it is we're trying to do, especially, you know, Robin taking over the Helmet Autodur, which is sort of our flagship for locality. You know, she's very good about working with the farmers with me and, talking to them about seasonality and helping keep on top of that. Um, and then we brought in a young lady to my office that helps with that as well. She's a great uh, networker with all the local, you know, we undertook finding some new meat suppliers um, about a year ago and, and finding people to work with. And then my biggest thing is I just, I'll talk to anybody. So, you know, I've spent the last seven years just finding people that believe in the same stuff we believe in. And we've been really blessed. You know, we have a fishmonger, Vince, who uh, he's actually from Brooklyn, goes to the fish market every morning, finds me fabulous stuff and drives it down here to Jersey for me and runs a little shop in town. And, uh, you know, we've worked with him for both restaurants now um, for the last couple of months and for ATH for seven years. And he's my eyes for the ocean. You know, he knows his stuff really well. It's his family's tradition and he finds me great fish, fishermen to work with and great oysters to serve, and he just helps educate me in that respect. Um, you know, and then it's it's my job to do the extra legwork. You know, I spend probably a dozen visits every year where I go out to the farms that we're working with and just make sure I'm understanding, 
you know, what it is they're growing and what it is they want me to sell and what their season really feels like and what is something they're proud of that they want me to sell. And that might be, you know, driving upstate New York and going to Orange County or driving down the Jersey Shore and meeting with a scallop fisherman or, you know, going to one of the cheese farms that you guys work with and learning a little bit more about their cheeses. I just feel like that's my homework. You know, that's my job as a business person who's chosen to source locally to get to know the people behind the product. Because it's, you know, it's not a packaged good that comes off the back of a truck that you can just be like, you know, oh, I'll take it this week or I won't. You know, somebody put their money and their time and their family's tradition in a lot of respects into getting you that product. So I feel like it's my responsibility to understand it as best I can so that we're both happy with that arrangement. So that's that's the legwork. <laughs> <laughs> Very well put. Yeah. Extreme, I have nothing else to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so what, um, if, I mean, these are kind of silly questions, I guess, but what is the most difficult thing for you to source? And what is the one thing that you are most excited about right now um, that you're bringing in? Well, meat, I think, is the constant challenge. I, I'm sure you know that from your husband's business because it's, we're, we're too big for some of the tiniest guys and I don't want to work with some of the bigger guys, you know, because it's just a, a hard industry right now where there's a lot of bad and hopefully a lot of good coming. So that requires more vigilance and more attention, I think, than anything else to make sure the products that we get are really good and that they're being raised the right way. Um, so that that's a constant monitoring and finding the right people to give me good information and good product, you know. So that's something we do a lot of work with. Um, the thing I'm most excited about right now, uh, well, we've got some really good cheeses here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the, the Connecticut, the Mystic the Melville ones. That one's yeah, really cool. It's just a really fun cheese. I think that's fabulous. And, uh, you know, veggie-wise, we have a farmer that was growing us purple sweet potatoes this year Ooh. and uh, our chef Robbins made them into gnocchi and made them into a puree for a pizza it's just in the middle of winter you end up with a lot of white and brown so yeah. to have something that's vibrant and delicious and just interesting to look at is just such a boon so that was a really fun little treat that we took a thousand pictures of because we were really <laughs> excited about it so that's awesome. that was a lot of fun I love sweet potatoes. Maybe then I could trick my son into eating them again. My son used to love eating sweet potatoes, and then he just kind of decided that he was over it. So maybe if I tried purple ones, he yeah, would be excited about go. it again. Yeah. It's, it's a new product he's never tasted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thanks so much for being on the show with us, Andrea. Um, now, if people want to learn more about your businesses, where can they find out mm-hmm. about you guys online? I would go to www.localroots.com cranford.com and that's roots like tree roots r-o-o-t-s that's our home website and they can link to any of our companies and and businesses from there well anybody who's in the cranford area um, sophie and i've both um (laughs) both eaten at atudar and it is good (laughs) so you've got to check it out (laughs) Um, well thanks again andrea it's been a pleasure and we hope to have you back on the show really soon thank you ladies it was great okay bye-bye thanks you're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd.
posted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.